black and yellow. We're just uh, getting started today, and today we have another interview. We wanted to introduce our man, Coleman Baker. Yeah, Dr. Coleman Baker is actually a certified mental health counselor who really just helps people, business or health, get their life back on track. So we're really going to kind of dive deep and talk about the details on what's entailed with life coaching, a little bit about Dr. Coleman Baker and what his services that he offers. Hope you guys, you know, strap in, turn your headphones on and give it a good listen. Because it's going to be a good one, guys. Hey, guys, this is Coleman. I'm here. Hey, how's it going, Coleman? Hey, I'm feeling good. Sorry, I'm a few minutes late. Uh, I kind of got stuck in the middle of something and uh, ran a little bit longer than I thought it was going to. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Hey, Coleman, how's it going? It's Khalil. Hey, Khalil, how's it going, brother? Good, good. We're really excited to have you. Hey, I'm thrilled to be here, man. We really appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, we're just kind of getting this thing started, so... Uh... We just kind of want to jump into it, if you, if you don't mind. Yeah, ready when you are, man. So just so just go ahead and tell us about yourself, just just to, just to start off. Uh, so I spent about ten years as a minister, okay. And so I was a local church pastor. I did all the normal pastory type stuff, um, and I got to a point where I thought, you know, I'm I'm really having an impact here locally, but what I really wanted to do, I was challenged, I was at a leadership conference, and, 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 and the guy that was hosting the conference really challenged us to think about expanding the reach of our impact, mm-hmm. and and I and I thought to myself, what would that look like for me, mm-hmm. and, and, and really for me, what it looked like at that point in my life was getting a PhD so that I could be a professor in a university where I would like train people that were going to become future ministers. That's what I thought I would do. Oh, so okay. I so I enrolled in a PhD program. I you know it took me a couple of years to actually get into one because those were pretty rigorous programs. Yeah, no doubt. I, get, I got into a PhD program. Um, spent five years as a full time PhD student. I was teaching um, uh, some uh, along that way. Um, but I got the PhD, and here's the thing that nobody told me uh, when I started that journey. Getting an actual job as a full-time <laughs> professor is almost impossible, yeah. especially in, the, in that field. It's so <clears throat> hard. I remember being, um, being finding out that I was one of 600 applicants for this one teaching job. Oh my goodness. And, you know, it's just, I remember, you know, you go through these, the hiring conferences and you go through these events. And I remember it felt like you won American Idol. If you, if, if, if you got an interview, you know, yeah. it was like, you know, you actually made it somewhere. If you just got an interview and, I went through I went through like five years worth of teaching at different places part time, trying to cobble together a career, interviewing, trying to get a job, not getting jobs, and just the whole thing. And I finally got to a point that I thought I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. I tried public school teaching for a couple of years. That didn't quite work out the way I thought it would. And and I just got to a point in my life when I thought, you know, what what is it that I'm doing? What am I, where am I going? And 
and, and I, I asked myself a question. What, what are the skills and abilities that I have that I have accumulated over the course of my life? Now, I'm, you know, I'm 43 now. This is a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, well, you know, as a minister, I really loved impacting people, like having a significant impact on their life. As a professor, I love teaching concepts. Uh, that was something I really, really enjoyed. And I always enjoyed connecting with people one-on-one or in small groups. And it was around this time that I had actually hired a life coach uh, to help me through a, a, a really tough patch in, in my own life. And it just dawned on me one day that I this is what I could do. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it's, it's, it's part connecting with people, listening, uh, engaging with them, and teaching them things that can really make a significant difference in their life. And so I just, what I did is I just dropped everything. I started down this path um, and started just creating my own uh, brand and my own vision for what kind of life I want to live. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and so now my mantra is, I'm working daily to be the best version of me that I can be so that I can help other people be the best version of themselves that they could be. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm all about, man. So the, the brand that you've created, I hopped on your website. It's, it's Feed the Right Wolf. Is that correct? Well, so Feed the Right Wolf is a company. Um, it, it, it's a company that I coach with. Okay. Now, my okay. website for my own, uh, my own practice is colemanbaker.org okay and 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 so what i do with feed the right wolf it's it's a particular niche of my coaching practice got it okay so you have your hands in a couple different pots it sounds like and exactly and um where where do you particularly like to focus because your background you said is in ministry and then I was reading a little bit about like the the sexual compulsive behaviors as well with you, some of your podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you really like to dive in, or where do you say your uh, your biggest influence or biggest impact is in? So the, the I mean the, the thirty second elevator speech is I help men from all over the world address negative compulsive habits that they've created and help them start living life on their terms. So. The, the, the sexual compulsive behavior, you know, around, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I help guys with uh, is uh, deals with online pornography, mm-hmm. um, prostitutes, um, you know, having affairs, just getting themselves into, um, in, into that kind of negative sexuality um, that really affects their lives, their relationships, their, their jobs. Yeah. Um, and so I help guys, that's a good chunk of the people I work with, uh, are, are in that regard. But, um, but you know, the, the way that I approach that issue, um, also is impactful for other habitual patterns that people have created. It's just a matter of identifying the patterns that you've created in your life. And interrupting them and replacing them with healthy, positive. Absolutely, patterns. yeah. So you're saying there's a through line between all issues, no matter what particular they could be. I, I think so. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't some issues 
uh, for which, you know, somebody might need to see a professional counselor Mm -hmm. or might need medication. But um, my approach um, is absolutely something that can help uh, people with all kinds of, any any kind of of negative compulsive behavior. Mm -hmm. So so with like all the negative like compulsiveness that men find themselves in, do you think with like the the growing age of technology, do you think that influences like more of a stronger role for that, or how do you see a technology influencing that connotation that people that that men find themselves in? It, you know, most most of the guys that I work with whose um, whose issue is porn, um, and 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 you know, I mean. This, this is true for the older guys, say guys that are, you know, in their 30s, 40s, and up. Mm-hmm. They would say stuff like, you know, it never was really that big of a problem until the internet came around, oh. right? Until the <laughs> internet, you know, and because now, because listen, you used to have to go to the corner store and buy a magazine, yeah, yeah. or or go to the you know the the the. the shop on the freeway and rent a movie yeah um but now you can you know you can cuddle up on your couch with your computer or your ipad or your or your iphone uh and within seconds you've got an unlimited supply completely free of charge as well completely free of charge completely free of charge so you don't have to spend any money you don't have to um you know risk someone seeing you doing this behavior you can do it completely privately um you know well mostly privately except for the digital footprint yeah that's that's a whole nother conversation (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) okay so okay with because you did mention a little bit, sometimes you do have to step back and kind of let, I don't want to say the professionals, but someone who has that expertise kind of take over. When, like, how how do you gauge how involved you get with someone's life, and how do you gauge when you need to step back and, and let someone else take over? It's, it's, it's usually pretty early on, um, and, and what I've, I've never had this happen. I've never had it happen where um, a guy says, uh, or I say to somebody, look, I can't help you. Um, you should go talk to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, what, nor, what has happened in those situations is, is that the guys will see both me and a therapist, and we work in tandem together. Okay, you're Now, we don't work, actually work together. Because my approach is, is significantly different than traditional therapy. What... And I'll say this, um, you know, if, if we get into a relationship, a coaching relationship where, you know, it, it's easy to see that the negative patterns that this person has created are the result of some significant trauma mm-hmm. from their past or significant psychological issues that I'm not going to be able to help them with uh, because I'm not a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in that case that I would say, listen, you really need to uh, go see, uh, you know, a, a therapist, a psychologist, someone local to you. And I do have it in my coaching agreement that, you know, all clients sign, um, that, you know, if we get to that point and I strongly recommend that you go see somebody, our continuing coaching relationship is contingent upon you actually doing that. Yeah. If I, if I get... You know, if I get up with somebody and they and it, it's clear they need counseling, um, 
if they refuse to do the counseling, then I'm not going to continue to work of with course. them. Of course. Yeah, uh, you can only more. help people that want to be helped. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, damn. So I'm, I'm going to take a bit of a turn right now on, on, the, um, on the sexual desires. I'm just going to change it over more to the motivational side. I was just curious, just okay. as a motivational coach, what – what were some of the biggest challenges you you found yourself in, and how did you persevere through it? Just like a word of some wise that you would give to the younger generation that you constantly see people in, you think? Like either finding... Um, I think... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to give an example. Like, like, do you think, let's say, like people who, who, who just fresh out of college, do you think getting a job is as hard as as it may sound like, or do you think it's just people telling themselves it's it's harder than it really should be? And how, how would you want to let them know to persevere through that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, sometimes it's hard. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just plain hard to, to, to find something. But here's, here's what I know. You can't control things outside of you. Mm-hmm. You can't control the environment. You can't control what's going on out there. But you can always control what's going on inside of you. With a little bit of practice and some consistent effort, you can control your response to what's going on outside of you. So what I often tell people is, you know, work on controlling that negative voice that's rolling around in your head, that voice that tells you you're never going to get a job, you never should have done this, you never, you should have, you know, gone to, you know, X, Y, Z, or you should have done this like your parents said. But what you should do is stop listening to that negative voice in your head and recognize that, you know, maybe I should have made some different turns back there, but I didn't. So it's and right of, now, this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So this is of, where I'm located. So, so in a way, it's kind of controlling the uh, the conscious of, of the angel and the devil in a sense and telling telling the devil not really necessarily to to focus on those words that he's saying and try to elevate yourself in different practices by consistently putting yourself in a, in, in a situation towards your your goal in a sense. Yeah, be, yeah, because because listen, uh, you, we can be our own worst enemy, mm-hmm. and yeah. the the more we let that negative voice in our head uh, uh, tell us what's going on, then the worse we're going to feel. Mm-hmm. We, we're never going to be able to control external circumstances, but the long, but the, the the better we are at controlling what's going on inside of us, then we're going to position ourselves in a better state. To be able to ask the question, what yeah. can I control? Absolutely. You can't control whether you get the job interview or whether you get the job offer, but mm-hmm. you can control your emotional response, you can control your thought patterns about it, and you can control what step you take next. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So in reading your background, Coleman, I like you're very open about you working with a life coach yourself. Uh, when did you realize that you because you've obviously had this confidence within you. You just needed someone to help you realize that. So when when did you feel that it was the time for you to kind of break off and start influencing people yourself? You know, I, I, had, uh, I had spent a good amount of my adult life just really engaging in a lot of negative behaviors, a lot of negative patterns. And, and I found myself, you know, I had just turned 40. I was living alone for the first time in a long time. Uh, I was battling uh, about depression. I was just going through a really, really rough time in my life. 
and I was still, you know, sort of engulfed in a lot of really negative behavior. And, and I knew something had to change and I, I knew I couldn't keep going the way I was going. And so I, I found somebody online. I hired this, this coach that to help me uh, navigate through some of the stuff that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And in a matter of, I mean, I would say, I mean, in a matter of three weeks, I felt different. And in a matter of three months, my life was radically changed. Wow. And I remember waking up one day going, oh, my God, I, I don't even recognize that person I used to be just two or three months ago. Wow. Like, I'm such a radically different person. And it was that day when I started, you know, I was wrestling with this idea of what, what can I do? And it was that day that I started making those connections between some of my own talents and abilities that I've got, that I have, mm-hmm. um, and a way forward to me being able to sort of carve out a path for me to be able to influence and, and help others. Mm-hmm. So for people that aren't familiar with, with life coaching, like what were some of the things that your life coach did that helped you turn around? What, what, I mean, some of the things that he did for me uh, are some of the exact same things that I do now with my clients. Um, for example, most of us get, when we get stuck in, negative, compulsive habits. Most of the time, those things are so automatic that we don't even recognize when we're engaging in them. Um, that it just becomes part of our autopilot. Yeah. I sometimes, I sometimes compare it to driving a car. Remember when you first learned how to drive a car? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. like every little action, you require so much mental focus and energy, right? Mm-hmm. Seat belt to turning the blinker to you know taking your foot from the brake to the accelerator, but now I mean the longer you do it, I mean you probably this morning got in your car and drove to wherever you're going, and and didn't really even have to give much thought to it. Yeah, because you're just so used to doing it. Well, it's the same way with these negative habits that we create. You know, the first time we, you know, something happens and we have a thought of it. Well, I'll do this. And it turned out good. We got some kind of reward. It felt good if we did that. And then the next time that same thing came up, we thought, oh, yeah, I remember I did this last time, and it was nice, so I'll do that again. And the more we repeat that cycle, the more autopilot-like that behavior becomes. Mm -hmm. So the longer we do it, the more habitual it becomes. So the first thing that, that, that I do with my clients, the first thing that really started to make a difference in my life was just paying attention. Paying attention to all the little um, things that I do throughout the day and just noting. So I identified one particular habit that I wanted to quit, and I started noting every single time that I had a thought about engaging in that behavior. Every single time for a week, I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. And, And that made such a huge difference in me recognizing just how much I thought about doing this or how much I actually did it. And that act alone was 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 so was such an awakening moment for me yeah. that that then I was able to start interrupting that right because I mean once you once you start noting the habitual patterns and you see it when it's happening you can interrupt it and yeah. so I learned and now I teach some some techniques that help people interrupt those negative patterns 
and then replace them with positive ones. Mm -hmm. In a way, basically, Coleman, you're keeping yourself accountable for for necessarily the bad the badder habits that you find yourself falling into, and trying to change it by essentially doing the opposite of that. Is that by writing it down, you are keeping yourself accountable? Is that kind of in that direction? Not only are you keeping yourself accountable, um, but you're but when you recognize a pattern and then every single time you have the thought if you write it down you're using a different part of your brain yeah the act of actually taking a pen or a pencil and writing something down triggers other parts of your brain that's why you know a lot of times your teachers in school will will tell you it's it's so important to write these things yeah. down yeah. because yeah. it does engage a different part of our brain and so you know recognizing it Noting, noting it, you know, internally is important, but then writing it down uh, engages a different part of us. Yeah. But but the issue with a, with with accountability uh, and and ba- making yourself accountable is really critical because ultimately you have to do this stuff for you, not for somebody else that's looking over your shoulder telling you to do something. Mm-hmm. It's got to be something within you. Um, keeping yourself accountable for those things. Absolutely. So, Coleman, it sounds like, you know, uh, in being a life coach, you have to look at the pandemic details within someone else's life. How how do you prevent yourself from, like, getting too involved? You know, for, for instance, when someone tells me something uh, a little sad or depressing and I, I coach them through it, it kind of affects me in a little bit of a way. So how do you prevent yourself from getting too involved in their lives? Yeah, it, 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 it can. It can, uh, it can affect you. Um, and, and it is challenging because one of the things that I really pride myself on is in my practice, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't coach clients. What happens is my clients become my friends. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, you know, over the course of my, my, my number one um, selling product is – my 10-week coaching package. And so over the course of 10 weeks, I mean, I, you know, I talk to these guys two times a week for 10 weeks. And we text in between calls. Yeah. So it's, um, it's hard when, when, when I see somebody through something so painful and so difficult. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Meditation helps. It helps me. Uh, regulate my own emotions and keep my own emotions and my own thoughts in check. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the perspective of just constantly reminding myself, um, I can't control anything but me. I, I can't control what that person does or what his spouse does. Uh, I can't control any of that. Yeah, uh, but what I can control is my own response, and, and that up. just helps me remember to, um, you know, let people make mistakes, and that's another piece because it. I remember when I first started coaching, I was so devastated when you know people would call in and we'd have our our weekly call and they they'd tell me that yeah I screwed up or I did something stupid or whatever. I would always feel so bad about that, but mm-hmm. but what I've learned is. It's, it's those moments of failure that actually provide 
really great teaching opportunities because they really help us unpack some things that we may not have already known about ourselves. Yeah. And so now I look for those opportunities when, you know, maybe a guy uh, made a mistake and did something he shouldn't have done. And while that's, that's painful, both for him, it's painful for me, but, but I also try to bring that attitude of let's, well, let's look at this together as an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to learn something about yourself and, and to figure out how to navigate this so that next time this comes up, maybe you can approach it differently. Definitely. Coleman, it, you know what it sounds like is, you know, like you have people who are extremely good at basketball and they become professional basketball players because they were born for it. With your mentality and your attitude towards something like this, like you were, you're a professional, you know, you were born to do something like this because I know a lot of people couldn't uh, – couldn't handle being that involved in someone's life and and taking on some of the luggage and really you know helping them carry it in in some senses you know yeah yeah and i think i think that particular gift is it's something that i um i mean it's something that i had it's the thing that you know i think was the 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 reason i got into ministry to begin with Mm -hmm. um is because I, I, I just I had that ability, um, and of course it was honed over ten years of working in churches and working with people, um, and that's a skill I brought to being a professor. Um, and I think that's the, you know I think it's that piece right there. Um, what it dawned on me that I could use I could really um, bring this ability. To, to to make a significant impact in, in other people's lives. So, I mean, I've been going at this for about a year, just about a year, and I've already coached guys uh, on four continents. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I've worked with guys in seven different countries from four continents, and like I said, I make friends. I yeah. mean, I, you know, I had a Facebook message earlier today from a guy um, uh, in Transylvania, who uh, I coached last year, and he was just sending me an update on his life on how well he's doing. That's it's just so great good. to get that stuff. Yeah, and, and it looks like, or it sounds like basically, instead of taking more of like a business approach, you're taking it more as like, instead of building clientele or customers, you're really just building friendships through your, through your clientele and, and in a way trying to help them turn their life around from whatever problems that they're essentially going through. And keeping updated with them throughout, you know, years on end, just to make sure that they're on the right path, in a way. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It really is. I think it's one of the unique pieces that I that I bring to, to coaching. I mean, there's coaches all over the place. Yeah. You can, you know, you can find a lot of coaches, but there's a couple of things that make me different. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not charging high-end prices, and yeah. I get a lot of, you know, people, you know, like, you ought to really, you know, increase the price, and and, and I do occasionally, but I don't charge super high-end prices like a lot of these people do. Yeah. But I also don't treat my clients like clients. Now, there are some clients that I have who, you know, we get done and they go on and, and, and we may or may not, you know, follow up. Um, I always send follow-up emails and texts, but I don't always hear back. Mm-hmm. Um but, but there's a good number of people that, you know, I stay in touch with. And we may go six months, and then I have a guy um, text me and say, hey, can I, like, pay you for an hour call and let's connect and, um, and just catch up? And, and, and we'll do it. We'll connect, and I'll help them sort of sort out some things. Um, and, um, 
you know, kind of reshore up some of the techniques and some of the perspectives they needed to hear yeah, and help, just them, touch base. Uh, help them go forward. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, like I said, I, you know, my, I, I sign clients up, but my clients become my friends. Totally. So Coleman, like, what would you say, would you say that's a big aspect in what separates a good life coach from a bad life coach? You know, I don't, I, I, I don't know that I know enough about enough different life coaches to be able to, 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 to claim that, but, um, that ability to connect is what will or, will, or it's, it's what will, or, it, it will make or break a coaching relationship. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, if somebody comes in and, and they're going to pay you to, uh, to help them through, uh, you know, whatever it is that they're dealing with, if, if you don't connect with that person, mm-hmm. if you don't like really connect on the level of having that relationship with them, a, a friendship with them, then you're not really going to be able to, to impact them. I think it's one you know it's one of the reasons a lot of people are just thrown off by by traditional therapy because it's very clinical, yeah. um, and 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 it's it doesn't have the feel that um, you know this person actually genuinely cares about me. And I think that's what makes definitely the 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 best therapists are the ones that make that connection. And yeah, the best coaches are the ones that are able to make that connection too. What kind of clients are you seeing going to the life coaching? Is it people who are who like have seeked therapy and are trying to seek an alternative, or do they use it in unison? I see a little bit of both. I've got some clients that come to me that are also seeing uh, a traditional therapist, and then I've got some others that come to me saying, look, I've tried everything. I've done mm. uh, therapy. I've done this other group. I've done some other things, and my and and they hear about that through the different channels. Um, the thing that I try to do is identify whatever habit it is that you want to break and replace. And and we, we learn some tools and techniques to help you sort of interrupt that pattern. Then we do. You know, traditional therapy is all about sort of looking within and looking back to see, you know, what is it that caused this behavior, where did it come from? And we do spend some time doing that. But here's what I've learned. Whatever you focus on is where you're going to go. And, you know, if you you keep focusing on the past and the behavior that you want to quit, well, you're still focusing on the negative and the behavior that you want to quit. What I want to do is give guys tools and techniques to interrupt that pattern, understand where that pattern came from in their past, and enough to be able to start creating and cultivating healthy habits that are going to take them from where they are into the future. So by the end of a 10-week coaching program with me, my my guys leave week 10 with a clear understanding of the what I call the, it's the six key areas of your life. Everything in your life I categorize into six categories, and we deal with all of it. And then they create what I call the blueprint for success. And and success I define success as life on your terms. It does have has nothing to do with a position or money or, or a promotion. It has everything to do with you living life the way you want to live. 
life on your terms. That's and we create a blueprint for success. And then the last week, we create a tactical plan that is rooted in those six key areas. It uses your blueprint as a guide, and it creates goals that you're and, and, a, and a system to track goals. And all of this is what you're going to use to help replace the negative habit that you're running away from. Yeah, sorry, I'm just absorbing that a little bit, Coleman. That was amazing. Just, yeah, I just, threw, I just threw a lot at you guys. Yeah. No, sorry, no, no, yeah. it, it, it's good, though, to hear because usually there's there's a lot of people who, you know, they talk about the bad in their life or they talk about complaining that, of things going on in it. And it really sounds like that you take that approach, that opportunity to be able to shift that outlook on life and really help them create their own success literally through their own eyes of what success is to them and helping them achieve that moment in time through a 10-week program that will hopefully help them get them there. Mm -hmm. And I really think that's something that's really powerful, at least for, you know, someone to be able to take their time, take the life into that, and, and notify or, or inform other people that there is another way of looking at, you know, your life differently by showing them that there's – there, if you want to achieve success, maybe you should look at doing these practices in your daily life just – once or twice a day possibly, but in order to help get them to where they want to be rather than focusing on like the negative habits that they fall into due to whatever due to laziness or whatever they want to yeah. whatever they would consider to be. Yeah, and it's and it's not just about negative habits. I mean it, one of the things that I spend a good deal of time with my clients on is is that again I'm going back to that, that negative voice that rattles around in our heads, that, that, that voice that tells us, we're, you know, you're never going to make it, you're not going to get that job, um, you suck, what, whatever that negative voice is telling you, we spend a good amount of time treating that like a negative habit, mm -hmm. learning to interrupt it, tell it it's wrong, and tell it to sit down and be quiet, nice. and replacing it with a more positive voice and a positive outlook. Because that's that's what's really going to drive you to uh, to get you to where you want to be. Yeah. All right, Coleman. So I gotta I gotta ask it. How how do you work the? Because it, it is a business. You you are taking payment from these clients. How do you work that aspect into? You know, I am here for your well being as well. You know, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Um, but but here's a couple of things that I do. Um, I I made a commitment early on. That um, if I can, if, if 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 there's somebody that contacts me, and and they're hungry, you can just tell they need this, they want this, and they're willing to do it, but they can't pay the amount of money that I charge for a ten week program. Mm -hmm. um, I don't just turn them away. I'll say, okay, listen, tell me what you can do. I'll tell, I'll tell you how, and I'll try to meet you somewhere. Yeah. And, 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 and we try to work something out where they're not walking away just because they can't afford it. And I'm also not giving away, um, what I'm trying to do. Absolutely. Um, because I mean, here's the other thing that I've learned. Uh, you can, I mean, I could, I could give away what I'm doing. I could absolutely say, look, sign up with me and pay me nothing. And, you know, the majority of the people that signed up with me and paid me nothing would actually probably not wind up finishing the 10-week program. Because what we don't pay for, we're not too invested in. So 
right? So it's really you making an investment in you. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the amount that I, you know, my standard price for a 10-week program, um, you know, most people don't, don't bat an eye at it because, like I said before, I don't charge the super high-end dollar amount. Yeah. Um, but it's also not, it, I mean, it's not just something that most people can just throw around. Uh-huh. So when I have a guy that calls in and, you know, really wants to do this, really is hungry, um, then if that's the case, then I'll work with them. Uh, and, and do everything I can. I can't tell you how many uh, discounts I've given out just because I have people that, that are really hungry. Now, having said that, um, I can also tell when I, because I offer a free, you know, introductory, you know, let's talk about your needs call. Mm-hmm. And um, now I can tell the people that are just looking to get out from paying and the people that are like really hungry for this. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, and so I've learned to make that distinction. So uh, I don't know if that really addresses your question or not. No, completely. That's, uh, that's completely. Yeah, it's, I, I just know it's hard to yeah, – because I, I personally do sales, and the first thing people say is, oh, you're a you're used car salesman, you know? And it's really hard to, yeah. to shake the uh, that title. You know, you want to show that you're genuinely there for them and you want to help them find whatever they're looking for. But the whole money aspect kind of taints that that relationship in some senses. Yeah, it can be tough for sure. And you know, I'll, I, you know, I, I often will, uh, you know, not only will I, if I, you know, somebody can't just just can't make the full payment, um, you know, I'll bring the price down a little bit. I'll work on a payment plan, um, and it, it always, I always sort of feel a little bad, you know. You know, after having spent four weeks with this guy and starting to get to know him, and you know, now I've got to send that message reminding yeah. him, "Hey, your next payments due." Yeah, I'm sure um, that's an uncomfortable. That, that, that's that's uh, that's always a little bit. Yeah. Oh man, I hate doing this, but um, at the same time, I've never had uh, I've never had that be an awkward issue um, at all. You know, uh, most guys are like, "Hey, man, I'm taking care of it, no problem." Because I think by the time, you know, guys will sign up, and by the time we get to week four or week five, they're already seeing that this is making such a tremendous difference in their lives. Then they, by that point, they understand that the investment is worth it. Yeah, yeah. And Coleman, so what? I just kind of have a quick question, just on morals and whatnot, what, what would you say like your top two morals are that you think maybe the world needs to learn more about? Um, I, I, for, for me, uh, here's, here's a couple, um, openness. Mm. Um, and, and I use the word openness in play. I used to use the word tolerance, but, uh, now I use the word openness. Um, be, because, I mean, what you know? What are you what are you doing when you say you tolerate something, right? Um, I mean, you, you're 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 sort of putting up with something you yeah. don't really appreciate. It. But being open to something means there's a there's a little bit of an appreciation there. I think we people have got to to to, to break down the walls uh, that that divide us and separate us, and recognize that just because somebody's different doesn't mean that they're wrong, and it doesn't mean that they're bad. Or evil, uh, it doesn't mean that they're out to get something. It just means they're different. 
mm-hmm. and I'm different from them just like they're different from me. And probably we could learn a little bit from each other and we could probably actually help each other out. Um, so that's, it's, there's that, that piece. And then the other one um, that, that, that just instantly pops to mind is transparency, honesty. Yeah. Um, just, just, you know, you don't have to be a jerk when you tell the truth. But you can always tell the truth, uh, and and just being absolutely transparent and honest and honest with folks. Um, I, I try really hard to be the same person, whether I'm at home with my family or out at an event where I'm speaking to a crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be the same person. Now, you know, my voice may be a little different, <laughs> but I do try really hard to be the same the same person because you know there's not a there's a great zen parable uh, years ago that i read about a maple leaf and how the maple leaf as it falls it doesn't have a front or a back it just has sides and and the teaching was most of us try to present the front side and hide the back side but if we can learn to be like the leaf we don't have a front or a back we're just the same, regardless of which side you look at. That really is sort of a great metaphor for, I think, the way I try to live my life. Yeah. And, like, with those two morals that you have in your mind, are, are those the things that, uh, like, keep you going? You know, keep you from tapering or, or reverting back to, we'll, we'll call him past Coleman? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a there's there's a couple of things, and those things certainly play a part in it. Um, you know, my life is I, I'm absolutely at in the best phase of my life right now. Uh, I'm I'm in better shape than I've been in since high school. Um, I am I am in a, an absolutely outstanding relationship. Just got engaged a month ago. Amazing. Um, you know, I'm I'm. I'm doing, I'm happier in my career. Uh, I'm happier in every aspect of my life. And and I know that all of that really is generated because of this perspective shift and the practices that I've been cultivating over the past couple of years that have put me here. And you put on top of that the fact that now I get to spend my weeks connecting with men from all over the world helping them make that kind of change in their lives, that's the kind of stuff that keeps me going. Yeah. Not only am I ever been, but I now have the privilege of helping other guys be happier than they've ever been. Amazing. Damn, Pullman, it sounds like you're like, in a way, a superhero for some people over there. <laughs> yeah, in <Texas> absolutely. <laughs> oh, man, I've, I've never been called a superhero before. Well, you know, my, my fiance called me Superman a couple of times. Uh, I was Superman uh, as for Halloween as a kid, but I've never been actually called a superhero before. That's pretty cool. Thanks for that. I mean, help, helping people out in areas of their life that, you know, some people don't really like to talk about. I mean, that's just something that not everyone can really do, you know? It's the definition of a hero. And so, in, in a way, you're helping them want, change their life into what they want their life to be in the end of the day, at the end of the day. And so, to, have, to be able to have that voice and that influence on someone, I think that's really powerful just to be able to have that, you know, that connection with other people. That's awesome. So. 
That's awesome. Thanks for thanks for saying that. But yeah, it's true. It's true. It's that um, that, uh, that that that's lo- work that I, I love doing, and uh, I, I I love what I do. And this is exactly what we're all about: is connecting people, no matter nationality, age, anything. Is this connection right here? And that's what this podcast is really all about. And exactly. we really, really appreciate you coming on here, Coleman. Hey, it's been a privilege, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, hey Coleman, I do have one last question. Just if, if you right. could leave the podcast with – or it's not really a question, but if you could leave the podcast with the last sentence or two of inspiration, what, what would you want your words to be for the, for the listeners at home? Oh, so many words. <laughs> but but here's, here's, here's what I'll say, and, and it's really the same thing that I started on. You can't control things that happen outside of you, but you can always control what happens inside of you. Mm. So cultivate the habits that help you control your inner life, and that will help you control the way that you respond to the things going on outside of you. Amazing. I love that. Amazing. I love that. (laughs) Words of wisdom from Dr. (laughs) Coleman Baker. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Coleman. We Thanks, really, guys. We really do appreciate you being on the show, man, and uh, we hope to catch up later on in the future. We'll go ahead and send you a link to the podcast just so you can have it as well and just really to catch awesome. up with you yeah. also as well. Yeah, we'll definitely try to keep in contact for sure, Coleman. So we'd love to follow up yeah, with you. Yeah, definitely. Awesome, awesome. Well, have a great rest of your day, and thanks again for being on the podcast. Thanks, guys. It was a privilege to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Call recording off.